Hello, and welcome to the Music Teacher Coffee Talk podcast. I'm Carrie. And I'm Tanya. We are both elementary music teachers who love to talk shop, preferably over a steaming cup of coffee. This is episode 147. Today, we are celebrating our sixth podcast anniversary by talking about six picture books we love to use in the music room. We'll also share some highs and lows from our teaching week, discuss some ideas in our Know Better, Do Better segment, share a work smarter, not harder teacher tip. And in our CODA section, we'll give some specific recommendations of our favorite things we are enjoying in and out of the music room. So grab your beverage of choice and let's get started. So it is time to share some highs or lows from our teaching week. And here we are in the thick of it, this lovely time between Thanksgiving and winter break. So many highs, so many lows. Which way are you going to go, Tanya? <laughs> man, oh man. Um, I know that in the last couple of episodes, I have gone low. And yet, I'm going to go low. We both can always. It's okay. Again, That's part of what it is. Just, uh, I don't know, maybe it'll provide some schadenfreude for others or just some, you know, fellow commiserating that uh, this is a tough time in case, in case you didn't remember or you're new to it. Uh, this time between the Thanksgiving break, the winter break, it is a challenge. Um, all right best laid plans. Anyway, so you and I were just talking off mic, but I don't have a problem sharing. Um, I've been trying to have classes work towards a choice day, which is something that I used to do once upon a time. Uh, I've kind of gotten away from it because of how my schedule goes. I see a whole group of classes Monday through Friday, or, you know, even if we have a holiday Monday through whatever it is uh, for a whole week. So I see the same classes Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And back when I was doing a one day rotation, it made a lot more sense to like have kids earn their way towards a choice day because I was seeing them so much more frequently. But in this kind of schedule, um, anything that happen happens has to happen on Friday because the next time I see them is like in two weeks and mm -hmm. their memory and my memory, I mean, uh, I'm not saying our memory about how well we did, but their their memory of like that anticipation of building up to a choice day is killed in two weeks for sure, right? Yeah. yeah. So it just doesn't it doesn't make sense um, to do that anyway. That said, because I have just one more week with this group and then one more week with the, these, this group of classes, I'm having them work towards a choice day on Friday. And Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, they're working on earning beats. So they can earn up to three beats in a class period. And they just need to have um, eight beats by the end of Thursday to get the choice day. So I really want them to have that choice day. Yeah. I'm kind of counting on it. Yeah. I want them to feel successful. I want them to like, you know, have a fun day where they can revisit songs and games, especially since it's the end of this first half of the school year it's yeah. great to review all that stuff all right, all right all that said and then I took some ideas from you because I've done choice days differently and I wanted to try the way you were doing them because it sounded different and fun where uh you give them a menu of the songs and games that they've loved and activities uh, so far this year and then you pick one kid 
randomly and that kid gets to say, oh, I want to play Sammy Sackett or fill in the blank. Um, Anyway, so this went lovely with first grade, second grade, third grade, fourth grade. But the fifth graders, surprise, surprise. What's that common TikToky lady? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, should have, would have, could have known better. Um. Anyway, you and I talked in great detail, but I think they thought it meant, I'm not going to curse here. I think they thought that having a choice day, a free day means that we can just act however we want. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I should have put more expectations and structure around the actual day itself. Um, I didn't want to be a pain and remind them each day that like, but remember on a choice day, we will be respectful. We will. I mean, but what I should have done is exactly that. I mean, it sounds so, I mean, yeah, we were talking off mic that, I mean, I do do that like super briefly with fifth graders, obviously, but you know, I'm annoyed with myself. Like I don't, shouldn't I having to say this right now, but I say it so that then I can hold them accountable for it. You know? So I hear you. It's like, you just want to get to the fun and not deal with all that. But, and I should have just, I should have not assumed that they could handle a looser format. Yeah. But, you know, again, it's, it's like, well, the kindergarten, the, the first grade, the second grade, third grade, fourth grade, they all had a great time, loved it, big success. Like that, that wasn't necessary, but I got to remember that, you know, it's fifth grade and it's this year's fifth grade and they have different needs than last year's fifth grade or this year's fourth graders or anybody else. And so like, when will I learn that um, they need more structure? They need more reminding. They need more like consequences of anyway, um, all that to say it was like the most miserable part of my week and it wasn't an awesome week. So that's saying something. (laughs) Um, Everybody else. Lovely. Fantastic. Yeah. Focus on that, Beautiful. Tanya. Focus. Well, yes. And also um, focus on how I can make it better for this next fifth, this next rotation in which the fifth graders for this week coming up, not a lot better as far as generally their behavior. There's like a lot of the same. It, it's, it's throughout the fifth grade. It's as far as like which class does more of the whole like interrupting or let's make a joke and I'll giggle about it, not be able to get over it. Like that's pretty much even out through the entire fifth grade. It's not like there's a great class and then these two are not awesome. They're all kind of, they're very immature. That's all. Yeah. They're very immature. Um, they're, They're very sweet individually. And, you know, some of them, um, well, I, I feel for them because it's just there's handfuls here and there that make things miserable because we have to, you know, I I hate this whole like, (sighs) we got to teach towards the the kids who are not engaged and don't want to be engaged and are, are sucking out of the air, sucking all the air out of the room because they need, need, need attention, attention, attention. And uh, I'm, I'm sure other people have had similar 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, all the time. And it's so hard to balance that and hold kids individually accountable and not let them derail everything else. When somebody solves that solution, hey, why don't you drop us an email and uh, we'd love to have you as a guest on our podcast. Please, if you've got it all, all figured out. Right, right. Anyway, so that's my sad sack story. Okay. How about you, Carrie? I'll I'll go high. Um, Always either way, but I'll just balance it out. So I took my fifth graders um, to the symphony, kind of, sort of. So the Colorado Symphony does youth concerts. Tanya, you talked about taking your students to the traditional youth concert earlier this year. I'm going to be taking my fourth graders to that concert later in the year. But this last week, I took just the fifth graders to uh, a concert they offer called Drums of the World, and they do this every year. And it's just the percussion section of the symphony, and they do a very hodgepodge kind of performance of, you know, traditional percussion ensembles. There was like a marimba duet. There was like a stomp-inspired thing, you know, and then like the grand finale encore piece, they did a thing with like light up drumsticks and they dimmed the lights and you know kids loved that um and i was nervous going into it because i do have lots of challenging behaviors in fifth grade as well and especially because i did take them to the symphony last year and even though it was a totally different concert we were going to the same concert hall it's very similar schedule similar vibe you know so i was just worried that they were going to kind of have this attitude of like well we've already done this and you know just not be like open and respectful and they actually really loved it and you know not to pat myself on the back but i think it was a good call to do what i did which was take them to something different um so they still had a concert experience but it wasn't the full orchestra it was just percussion and it was just right up their alley they behaved very well um there's always that moment of frustration when there are schools where i feel like the behavior is not so good and then my kids are looking at me like what do we do (laughs) i give them a look like not that you know and i actually talked to them about that before the concert i said you know we talked extensively about concert etiquette last year i gave them some review points but i didn't like spend a ton of time on it but i just reminded them you know that there might be other schools that they don't have their concert etiquette down and it's up to you to be the leaders and you know set the tone and if you see kids acting foolish in another school don't copy (laughs) and they did just that so anyways um i have shared many a story on this podcast of being frustrated with fifth grade but um this week i was really proud of them so i'll give them credit i'll give me credit and say it was a success so yay yay And now it's time for our main theme. This is our six-year podcast anniversary. Crazy. Around this time of year. It's crazy. Um, six years of content uh, are out there if you'd like to listen. Yeah. You can go through, you know, before COVID, during COVID, after COVID times. Um, <laughs> lots of ideas. And uh, for winter and holiday ideas, we do have some specific episodes you can listen to. And I don't have those numbers, but um, we just thought we'd do something a little bit different this time of year where we will share six picture books, especially now that we're on YouTube, six picture books that we have loved using in our classroom. And uh, if you want to celebrate with us and um, give us a little thank you for the podcast, we would love for you to buy us a coffee. Head on over to our Facebook 
page or on uh, musicteachercoffeetalkpodcast.com and you could buy us a coffee or leave us a review. Um, that would be a lovely thing uh, just to show your appreciation and and we appreciate you listening. Um, if you've been with us for a long time or if you this is your very first listening to Music Teacher Coffee Talk, thank you for taking your time um, to listen. We are all music teachers. We're all in it together. So it's good for us to help each other out. Yeah. And another way you could give us a thank you is by sharing an episode with a with a friend or colleague. Just say, hey, have you ever listened to this podcast? They're helpful. At least I hope that's what you would say. Um, or, you know, when we post things on our Facebook page, you know, sharing it um, on yours, especially now that we are doing our podcasts, not only audio, but also on YouTube. You can easily share the YouTube link on your Facebook page as well. So just spread the word. We're still here. We're still doing it. And uh, we'll keep going as long as we have things to say. <laughs> so happy six year anniversary, Tanya. Happy six year anniversary, Carrie. We need to make one of those cakes with like, um, you know, like from our, our, our series of, uh, of our cake. And oh, that's right. Our layer cake series that we just finished yes. talking about our recipes for success. Series. Our recipes for success. That would exactly. require me to have time to bake a cake. Maybe we I know. buy a cake. You know, we do at least need to go out for a festive coffee and or cocktail that needs to happen. For sure. For sure. Yeah. All right. So we're just going to ping pong back and forth and we're each going to share three so that it'll be a total of six in honor of our six year anniversary. And these are not necessarily winter or holiday related. In fact, mine are not at all. Um, So, you know, save these ideas for whenever they pop up um, in your life. So, yes. And I wanted to make a little caveat that I think both you and I, um, we tried to reach for books that we haven't talked about a lot. Yeah. Um, we also tried to reach for books that are not necessarily on everybody's radar. So we give a lot of John Fire Robin credit to picture books. And I made sure I didn't pick any John Fire Robin right. picture books. They're lovely. I use them a lot, but you hear about those. So, you know, I tried to dig a little bit deeper. Um, yeah. Of course, we could both do like 30 books because- yeah. <laughs> It's a big part of my classroom, um, grades, kindergarten through fifth grade. And I know it's a big part of your classroom too, is that, you know, this reading connection between music and reading and the community building that also is involved in reading a book to students. And, you know, there's so many reasons to be reading books in the music room, which I, I know that most of our listeners are doing, but anyway, we just tried to go from some some different things that are not um, the normally expected books. Totally, totally. Yeah. So Carrie, you're going to start us off with your first yes. pick. Yeah. Okay. So this book I just got this year actually at the Scholastic Book Fair, and it is Under the Sea, and it is a little pop up book. And I had to search on the back for who it's written by. Written by Harriet Stone and Catherine Robertson, and illustrated by Ella Bailey. Now. Here's the deal. Just now, in preparation for you know creating our show notes and everything, I tried to look this up, and I can't find where you can just buy this book. And then it says on the 
back, this edition is only available through School Market. So I feel like this is one of these books that really maybe might only exist for the Scholastic Book Fair. So oh. I still want to share it, though, because I did find a very similar book, a very similar Under the Sea pop-up book type book. So you could totally do the same idea. It doesn't have to be this book in particular. But the reason why um, I chose this book is because I will then connect it to the song Seashell. And really, you could connect it to any book that involves fish or things under the sea. Um, but the song Seashell, and there's different versions of it, the one that I do goes like this. Seashell, seashell, sing a song for me. Sing about the ocean. Tell me about the sea. And what we're doing while we're singing that is we're passing a shell around the circle, and I have an actual seashell that I pass around, and then I also have a little seashell puppet that I use, and I kind of use both interchangeably. And then whoever has this shell at the end of the song, I ask them, what do you see? As in, like, what do you see in the ocean or on the beach? And then they can vocally improvise, I see a turtle, I see a shark, you know, whatever, on that so, so, so me um, pattern. So the, what I intend to do with this book is use it just to generate ideas because it's talking about I can swim very long distances, my body is large and heavy, and it's giving them clues. What am I? Oh, I am a whale. And then it goes through. Um, funny thing about my particular version is one of the pages is printed upside down, and I didn't know that when I got it, but whatever, that's fine. Um, some of them are pop-ups and some of them are like, how many sea turtles can you find on this page? And it is a board book, so you'd have to get up nice and close to the kids when you read it to them or put it under the dock camera. But anyways, um, again, it's not about this particular book, but I just like it for generating ideas of lots of different creatures and things that live under the sea. And then we can tie it into that seashell song, which I will put the notation for that in the show notes, as well as a link to a book that's super similar to this one. But if you still have the Scholastic Book Fair coming to your school this year, maybe be on the lookout for it because it was just on the table of, you know, many, many books that they have at the book fair. So that's that is Under awesome. the Sea. You know, while you were talking about that, because I love that song, Seashell, and I do the same yeah. activity with it. I was actually thinking about how you could take that book and you could flesh it out into a whole program. Oh, you could. And so, and you could have them sing seashell in between. It could be your traveling music, like, like Mazorsky's pictures at an exp exposition. Like mm -hmm. you, you hear seashell and a little orf ensemble, you know, bard instrument accompaniment. Um, and then you talk about this animal and you sing a song that's connected. So not even a program that like has a really formal story. You could really just be all thematic about it. Yeah. Like, Anyway. You could use Camille Sasson's Aquarium from Carnival Ooh. of the Animals. Oh, you could do your... a, fl a flashlight and start. <laughs> yes. Oh, that'd be lovely. Cute. Yeah. Cute. Okay. See where the ideas just spark? I love it. I know. I love it too. And I want that book um, or I want the one that. that yeah. I mean, like that, I said, I I'll link that. to one that's similar. I don't know exactly how similar, but it looks pretty darn similar. You know, same idea. So I yes. think definitely same vibe. All right, awesome. Tanya, what's your first book you want to share? Well, I don't even know. I didn't look to see if this is even in print. I kind of think it might not be, but I know that there's, I'm sure, variations of this 
Chant, who stole the cookies from the cookie jar. And this is a book that I actually bought for my own children who are teenagers now um, when they were itty bitty. And I, I specifically remember on a trip to Louisiana um, to see extended family that this was one of the books that we packed because my son loved it so much. And I remember his, my cousins, actually not his cousins, his second cousins, my cousins who were like teenagers at the time, they saw this one lying around and they, and they went to town. They were very cute about it and about like speaking this book, um, you know, with my, my kid at the time. So it is your traditional who stole the cookies from the cookie jar. Doggy stole the cookies from the cookie jar. Who, me? Yes, you. Couldn't be. Then who? I was playing in the den when I noticed there were 10. Oh, it's such a pity. It must be the... And then the kids try to, you know, figure out. Kitty! <laughs> and it goes on and on. Um, so you get your traditional rhyme of who stole the cookies from the cookie jar. And then the rest, of course, you say with the beat, I was playing with the vine when I noticed there were nine. A missing cookie isn't funny. And it must have been the... And then if you look, you can see there's some ears to give funny. them a context clue. <laughs> and a lot of kids clue in that it rhymes. But then, oh, yeah. of course, you get the kids who are like, it must have been the uh, bird. Um, you know. Yeah. yeah. No, couldn't rhyme. Um, so, and also, these cookies, they're raised. They're these yeah, raised I can see that. And then they go, like, as the you holes. turn the page, the cookies are disappearing. Yes. Uh-huh. I know. It's kind of dorky. But. Um, no, it's okay. And. It's very cute and it's a good way to introduce this chant. And then at the end, dad steals the cookies, but then he shares. So it's all good. And oh. then the next class period, we're able to do who stole the cookies from the cookie jar. Carrie stole the cookies from the cookie jar. And who, then, me? Yes, you. Couldn't be. Then who? And then Carrie names another kid. So. Tanya stole the cookies from the cookie yeah. jar. Yeah. And then the first time we do that, I usually put them in a circle so they don't have to like think about who. They just go, this kid. The next person. Yeah, the next person. So, yeah, you know, nice. it's just a fun one. Um, I'll have to put it on our uh, show notes, whether this is in print or if there's another one, I did not do my due diligence to look up to see, you know, what could take the place if this particular. We'll find something. Yeah, we'll find something. You so. know, and I'll, I'll mention too, anytime I'm looking for a book that's out of print, a good place to look is thrift books. Have you ever looked on looked on thrift books, Tanya? Yes, I like, I love thrift books. And then there's another one. Oh, I want to say it's Abe's. Oh, Abe's used books. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Abe's used books is good yeah. too. So even if it's out of print, I mean, you can often find it sometimes for dirt cheap or sometimes exactly. crazy the expensive. The other thing is that you can find it a lot cheaper sometimes. Yeah. But then the, the, the sad thing is you can find it cheap and then the shipping is twice as much. So exactly. So then you want to buy a bunch of books all at once. I have yeah. a couple books that I've bought from there and it's like they're well-loved books because they're like, there's like coloring sometimes on like some of the pages and the kids are like, did you scrap on your book i'm like no some other child did that's okay that's okay yeah you know they're well loved so all right what's your next book for all us all right my next one i just grabbed because it's just one of my oldies but goodies it's one of my favorites so this is over in the meadow um uh as told by as written by john langstaff with illustrations by fyodor rojankovsky did i say that correctly i think i did 
they're very folksy illustrations that I guess you can just put it that way, which I really like. Um, and there is an over in the meadow, uh, fire robin one, correct now? Uh, yes, I'm positive. I feel like yeah, there it's is. got a turtle on the front. Yeah. Yes. There, but yes. I, I just have always used this one. So, I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. It's well loved. It's like all wrinkly and it, it had water damage, probably coffee or water or whatever. But, you know, it's the traditional over in the meadow, in the sand, in the sun, lived an old mother turtle and her little turtle one. Dick said the mother, I dig said the one, so he dug and was glad in the sand and the sun. I had to look at it because it's been a little while since I've done it. And then it just goes through. Now there's two foxes and there's three robins. And I typically do this in the springtime. Um, uh, fall would be another time that this would work well, but I do it in the spring typically. And it's just a beautiful song to just sit and sing and read with the children. Um, you know, and then your tie-in, if you wanted to have an addition tie-in could be to basically any of these animals right um the last one in this particular version talks about bunnies 10 little bunnies in their warm little den so you know a very good transition from this would be going right into any song about bunnies the one that i typically do with my little ones is the sleeping bunny song which i learned from the i'm growing up book by Peter and Mary Ellis um, Amadons. It's the, uh, see the little bunnies sleeping till it's nearly noon. See if we can wake them with a merry tune. And then they hop little bunnies, hop, 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 start hopping all around the room. So they're sleeping in their dens and they hop around, right? So this would be a really super easy transition because they're all in their warm little den, they're all sleeping, and then you go hopping around after that. So um, yeah, just a beautiful book with, I believe lovely pictures and uh just love to sing this one to my kids this was also one of my son's favorites growing up too so i have that emotional connection too tanya i yeah. thought of that when i grabbed it it's like all oh, these books that i've sung with my own personal children too tug at my heartstrings now that he's a freshman in high school <laughs> i know me too because so many of those books that i bought with my own money and i kept on my own because i said well if i ever leave my classroom i can take these books and i did and also I said, well, and I'm keeping these books because when I have my own children, we'll read these books. And we did. Yeah. And now both of those things have, have, have happened. Exactly. So, yeah. So here we are on the other side. Yeah, that was always my go-to gift when I go to a conference and I want to bring back a little gift for my own personal kids is I would often buy them a picture book that then I would end up stealing back and bringing to my classroom later. So a lot of my picture books were, yeah, books that I bought like at the Oak Conference or at Colorado Music Educators Association. They lived in our house for a while and then eventually would make their way to yeah. my classroom. Books, books and puppets. Books yeah, and yeah. Puppets. Spend your own money on books and puppets puppets. <laughs> Thank us later for that. <laughs> exactly. All right. What's your next one, Tanya? All right. Well, I I've been going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Um, all right. I'm going to go, I'm going to go folksy as well. Okay. Um, mama buy me a China doll by Harv and Margot or yeah, Margot Zimach. And they've done other books as well. And so you know, this is a old folk song and it's a, a good tea tick of folk song. And in this book, it is a book um, that has these lovely illustrations. They're very detailed. This is definitely one that I make sure I read up close and personal. And I read this one with fourth graders because 
that's when I do T-Tika is early fourth grade. I'm lucky if I can get to it in third grade. Um, but we, we T-Tika and we use this song because the melody goes, mama, buy me a China doll. Mama, buy me a China doll. Mama, buy me a China doll. Do mommy do. Right. And so we see little Eliza Lou who loves this China doll that she sees. And, and we talk about, okay, so there's this gentleman that's coming around with a, um, with his wagon full of goods. And this is in the times where you didn't go to the mall and you didn't go to the store all the time. Someone would come by and maybe it was only once a week. Maybe it was less than that. Maybe it was once a month and they would come by with goods that you would buy. And so she runs home and she says, Hey, mama, buy me a China doll. And her mom says, well, what would we buy it with? And so I sing this whole book and it goes, well, we could sell daddy's feather bed. Then where would our daddy go? He would go in the horsey's bed there. Then where would the horsey go? He would go in the sister's bed, you know, and it's got these amusing illustrations of mm -hmm. where we put in all these people and things and animals. And, and we get to um, the very end of where would our um, there's granny who's uh, in the piggy pen. Yeah. And where would the piggies go? And they could go in Eliza's bed and, then where would Eliza go? Then where would Eliza go? And she could go on her mommy's lap. Oh, very sweet at the end. And always gets me a little misty. Um, and she's dreaming about a China doll. Uh, Dream Eliza Lou. At the very end, we get this picture, which sparks some good conversation because there's no words on this page, but we have yeah. a picture of the China doll. Yeah. And sometimes the kids go, oh, she got the China doll. And we say, well, do you think that they would have done all those things to get the China doll? Right. And then, of course, eventually they, they figure out, oh, wait, this is her dream about the China doll. Yeah. So, you know, it's just it's just a lovely song. It's a lovely book. Um, and it's out of print. I'm positive that this one's out of print. But okay it would be one that you could find used. Yeah. So that's Mamba Buy Me a China Doll. And all that to say that fourth grade and fifth grade still need to have picture book time. Yeah. And um, yeah, it needs to be appropriate picture book time. Sure. Um, I could definitely do this younger. I could do this with third grade. I could see doing it with almost any grade, but um, I like to kind of save some things for the older kids. And this is one, I've never read this to a fourth grade class, but we're like, we're too old for that. That's <laughs> no, we're no, none of that. Um, right. They're usually enchanted by it. So it's a lovely song and a lovely book. Yeah. Well, and I know we said we weren't going to necessarily promote Fire Robin books, but there is a Fire Robin version of that one too. <laughs> so there, there is a Fire Robin version of that So one. if you're yeah. having a hard time finding the specific one that Tanya yes. just talked about, then well- yeah you know, we can link to the other one too, but yeah. And you know what? I don't have that one. I, because I have a lot of the fire Robin books. Yeah. Um, it hasn't been a priority for me because you because had that I, one. I love this one. Yeah, yeah. Same, same with over in the meadow, but I actually do have the fire Robin of that mama buy me a China doll. So that's funny. Oh, um, nice. Yeah. Is, is it the same as far as like, you know what? I like the illustrations and the one you were just showing. Cause I like the funny, uh, how it shows like 
grandma in the in the piggy pen like it's showing the people in their out of place places the fire robin one doesn't necessarily do that um i don't remember exactly the illustrations because it's been a while since i've done it it has beautiful illustrations don't get me wrong it just doesn't have that like maybe as humorous as, as yeah. those um yeah but just slightly different well and i should give a little caveat just because it's out there that there is a version of the song i don't know if it's in a book honestly but there is a version of the song where at the end of the song um after all of these verses uh the the mom answers yes and get a spanking too that like, right because it's talking I, about uh, the little girl instead of saying that i'm gonna climb on mama's lap which is so sweet she says i'm gonna go swing on the garden gate and then it says yes go. and get a spanking too uh, yes and get she's a not spanking. Yeah. So yeah, I don't, I don't go with that one. No, um, I like that much better. I, I don't think I'm harming the history of the folk song or like, I'm fine with, yeah, with we that. We can let change. that go. It makes a lot more sense. And uh, yeah, I can let that go. Cool. All right. Well, also in, I also wanted to grab one that I do with older kids and I know I've talked about this, but I want to talk about it again because I can show the pictures now, which I couldn't have done before or we didn't do before. And also it just came up in conversation with my principal just yesterday. So anyways, this is the book of mistakes by Karina Lucan, I believe is how you'd pronounce it. And this is a absolutely gorgeous picture book that starts with a drawing of a girl and it shows that one of her eyes is bigger than the other and then it shows how they then made the other eye even bigger and that was a mistake but then they gave her glasses to kind of cover that up and then it's talking about you know how we can take mistakes and we can learn from them and we can turn them into things and as the book goes on the drawing just gets bigger and bigger and more detailed and more involved and then you kind of have this very meta moment where the big giant picture becomes a small detail in the top of the head of the new picture and there's kind of this moment where the kids are like whoa what, what is that and it's just it's a little bit meta and out there but um, the whole point of it, though, and then it says in the back, set your imagination free with all the little ink smudges that become leaves. So the whole purpose, obviously, is teaching kids to embrace mistakes, learn from mistakes, grow from mistakes, make beautiful things from mistakes. And this is a book that I read every year to my fifth graders, the very first day of music. And, you know, I ask them to have a little turn and talk moment with their neighbors and they share out what are what are ways that we can learn and grow from mistakes in music and they'll say things just like you know if you play a wrong note you can just like make it into something new and keep going with it you know those kind of things or it's more bigger ideas of like you practice you learn from it you know and we talk about yeah there's times where you want to play and sing the right notes because that's the goal and then there's times where you're creating your own music and maybe you played a note you didn't intend but then that actually sounds kind of cool and then you can turn something with it so that's typically what i do with that book is just use it as a discussion discussion piece just to talk about being vulnerable learning from mistakes i have also done at one time a project i think i actually did this during the pandemic where i gave kids 
a staff like because I'm pretty sure I did this digitally now that I'm thinking of it um, on like Jamboard. I put like a staff, a five line staff, and I like put like a splotch on the staff. And I was like, this is your first pitch. And then from there, they created a melody just to like oh. make a musical example of it. You know, it was it was kind of so so I could see making that more or less successful in some other way. But, you know, just, you know, to also tie in like the very explicit musical example of, you know, making a mistake and then creating music from your mistake. Um, but the reason it was on my mind is because yesterday I had my post observation conference with my principal and one of the compliments she gave me, which I was really meaningful to me, is she said she really appreciated that, you know, every time she comes in my room, she sees that kids are, for the most part, participating. She hasn't seen very many times where kids are not really participating. And she's seen kids sing solos and, and put themselves out there and make themselves vulnerable. And she's like, I know that's not accidental. She's like, I know that that's intentional. Um, I just don't know what you're doing to make that happen. <laughs> and I said, well, here's what's one thing that I did do. And I told her about this book and how I read it to fifth grade. And she's like, oh, that's so cool. That's amazing. So I appreciate that she recognized that it wasn't a mistake, that I do intentional things to build that trust and rapport with my kids. And that book is just one of them. So it's just one of my favorites, the book of mistakes. You know, I just read it once in the beginning of the year. Don't make a big thing of it. But I think it's a beautiful conversation starter. Awesome. Yeah, it is. That, that's wonderful. You, you could give them, um, you could give them like a garage band or a um, uh, soundtrack, like blah. <laughs> exactly. Thing. And then they could go to town, like with putting samples to kind of make it uh, seamless into something that's of their own Part creation. Yep. They could be their own Thelonious Monk. Exactly. Kind of deal. Yeah. And I could see, I mean, I haven't done it, but total collaboration with your art teacher on this, you know, oh, yeah. like I'm sure art teachers would be all about this book um, for the obvious reasons. Um, so yeah, how cool. I mean, you could have them create a piece of art from some, yeah, and then they have to compose the music that goes with it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So many things. All right. So, so what's things. your final book you want to talk about, Tanya? Okay, final book. I'm going to go lower grades again. Again, I've been back and forth until just this second. Okay. Um, and I know I've talked about this on the podcast, but too bad I'm going to talk about it again because it, it provides so many entry points to so many things. And it's Hurry Up, a book about slowing down. This is in print. So that's another reason. It's like, <laughs> hey, I actually have some, some books to talk about that you can get. Um, and it is written by Kate Dupperack and illustrated by Christopher Stiles Neal. And it's just a book that shows a girl in the morning before school and how she has to, you know, the alarm goes off and it's hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, hurry down, hurry all around, you know, and she gets to the bus and she gets to the school or, and, um, you were busy at school and everybody's busy and it's hurry, hurry, hurry. And the illustrations tell most of the story because the word we see over and over again is hurry till you reach the top is hurry, hurry, hurry. And then you get to the middle and it's, she comes home from school and there's a big old stop. And then it takes a turn where we slow things down and we, um, take a break. 
right? And so she goes outside with her dog and she notices her surroundings in nature and she wanders and she picks some flowers and breathes in and breathes out. And I, of course, match my reading to the energy of the book. Um, when we get to the slow down part, we do some breathing and I don't say, and now let's stop and breathe. I do it and they follow me. Right. So the book suggests it and we do it. Um, and then it starts raining and anyway, so it really is a book about slowing down. And I read this in kindergarten right after we've been studying fast and slow. So of course that's a huge tie-in, but it's also a way to, um, transition towards maybe some mindfulness exercises. Um, also talking about our environment and we can connect to, well, let's close our eyes and let's make mental notes of what we hear right now, right? So we can tie into environmental sounds and being in the moment. And we can just have some brief but meaningful like class conversations about being in the moment and you know there you go yeah I love that yeah um and it's just a it's a lovely book it's lovely illustrated and this is one of those that where while I could read this book in five minutes I try to take 10 minutes to read this book yeah to make sure that I am um you know delivering on the whole concept of of slowing down and taking time and it's an opportunity um to have that that time with students and to um talk about noticing and being present have you ever like had music playing in the background while you were reading it like i'm thinking you could have something like very busy playing and then like switch when you get to the slowdown part and yes i i haven't done that but i have thought about that it it happens in my head all by itself you know sure what is that piece i don't even know uh catch good job yeah you could play that that would be i was thinking like flight of the bumblebee yeah. Or I was even thinking of um, Rhapsody in Blue. I don't know why it popped in my head. You know, that part. And then when she gets to the slowdown part, you can have the da 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 da. You know, the United Airlines theme song. Used to be. We're really dating ourselves, Carrie. Is it? still is. I flew on United recently, and in their like pre flight safety video, because now it's all a video, they were playing the the music, the Gershman, and I was like, they still do. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. That's hilarious. Okay. Yeah. You could totally do that. I have not done that. You know what? I'm sorry. Here I am then just just going off on tangents. You could also, with older grades, you could read, I would read this to gosh, almost anybody, you could read this and have this be an intro for kids who um, can go on to, well, I'm probably not Spotify because you got to have a whatever, but they could go and specifically look for choose music. Yeah. They could choose music that could match this book. You could have it be that kind of project where they have to, if you had to choose music, if that was your job to do, then what would you choose to go with this part of the book? about this part of the book. Mm-hmm. You can do that. 
yeah. you know, soundtrack kind of thing. Or they right. can compose it on soundtrack or whatever. Exactly. And then there yeah. you go with your whole like tying into real world occupations and all sure. that. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, uh, yeah, just reading it for the sake of, yeah, the mindfulness moments. That's beautiful. Yeah. All right. Well, we will link to all of these books or <laughs> clever alternatives and songs that we mentioned in the show notes. So be sure to go to musicteachercoffeetalkpodcast.com where you can find our show notes and past episodes and all other goodies. So now it is time for our segment we call No Better, Do Better, where we consider ways to be more culturally responsive and inclusive and thoughtful in our classrooms. So Tanya, what would you like to share? Well, um, I really wanted to give a general shout out to an organization, Vocal Coalition, which is located in Denver. And my own child has been a member of Vocal Coalition, the choir, um, for the last year. We're coming up on a year anniversary. And Vocal Coalition is a choir founded by uh, Travis Branham and his wife, Emily Branham. And I just, I'm personally so very thankful to them because when my child left the Colorado Children's Chorale, it was, it was hard. Is heartbreaking because that community and singing were not happening. But um, then Kai joined Vocal Coalition and they are a different choir because they their repertoire is completely different. Um, every vocal, vocal Coalition concert highlights BIPOC composers, songwriters, and usually involves... Um, a group that performs along with the choir. So like I'm thinking about the Reminders, which is a hip hop group from Colorado Springs who come and they work with the choir. And so the kids are learning these songs and they're learning to sing in that style. Um, and it's very community driven and there's a priority in serving um, underserved youth and kids who are just not your typical kid, which that would be my kid. So kids who are um, of minority groups, kids who are neurodivergent, kids who are LGBTQIA+, you know, so that's the kind of kids that they attract. And, and those are the kind of um, messages that they embody is that we are a choir for everyone. And we're here not to sing, we're not singing Mozart. They're not singing the classics. Um, they are singing songs that are really empowering. They all have a very po positive message and they get to work directly with these artists. Um, and so I just wanted to give a very heartfelt, um, long overdue thank you to Travis and Emily for this choir and I'm going to get teary because Aww. my kid, she has <laughs> my kid, they have a place, they have a place in the choir. Yeah. Right. And it's, yeah. and it's something that they're excited to do. And, um, I just am so excited that they can keep singing. 
like we just we're just keeping keeping the music going it doesn't have to be the traditional music and just because my kid does not want to sing the children's crowd repertoire which is lovely and i mean i'm not slamming them but by any means but they they just march to a different beat yeah yeah it's a good place it's it's a home choir for us now well, I think it just brings up the importance of having, you know, what some might call like an alternate all, an ensemble, which, you know, it shouldn't be that type of othering, but it's like that not traditional ensemble, you know, whether it be like having, you know, a modern rock band or a mariachi group or, yeah, this type of choir experience that's not the traditional repertoire, you know, not all kids resonate with Western European classical music. Surprise, surprise. So having alternatives for kids in, you know, school settings or outside of school is really important. So yeah, Travis and Emily are awesome for paving yes. the way here in Denver. Yes. For that. Yes. And I, I, we're just very lucky to have them here. And um, I know Travis at one point did a Ted talk, which involved vocal coalition, his choir. Um, so you can look that up. Oh, yeah. that, we'll link to it in the show notes. It was like sure. a mile high Ted talk. You yeah. Know? Denver TED Talk thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, at least link to their website. And then, you know, obviously where you live, you know, you might not have something exactly the same, but, you know, look around for those types of ensembles. Cause I know I always have, you know, parents asking me what kind of things kids can get involved in, you know, musically besides, you know, school stuff. So it's good to know about those, you know, like I said, alternative types of, you know, experiences that might not fit into the normal mold, but are so important for so many kids. Oh, yeah. And they're having a great time. Yay! Yeah. And it's time for our work smarter, not harder teacher tip. Carrie, make our lives easy, flawless, and (laughs) full of just hacks. We want to hack. Yeah. And this is for when you feel like a hack. No, I'm just kidding. Um, So, you know, we have a whole episode about subbing for yourself when you are just not feeling up to to where you should be, whether it's vocally, health-wise, energy-wise, whatever. This is that time of year where I think those kind of activities are really important. So I just wanted to give just like a reminder, um, you know, in addition to that whole episode of just having a few just small, simple things in your back pocket that are ready to go that in a moment's notice you could shift to if your voice is just suddenly like shot and you're exhausted from the concert the night before, if you know all of a sudden it's you know a snow day and inside recess and the kids brains are just totally all over the place you know like there are so many reasons why this time of year I think it's important to have things and not necessarily just putting on the latest and greatest Disney movie although been there done that not gonna judge but um you know if you just have a couple ideas that you just know if all things you know go to you know where um (laughs) this is what I can do and I I'm going to say I did this this last week. Um, I was feeling it on Friday because it was a five-day week after the Thanksgiving break, and I had traveled over Thanksgiving, and I was exhausted, and vocally I was not good. So 
I was like teaching my kindergarten class and I was like, you know, I'm just, and they were tired too. I could tell, no, this is first grade, excuse me, first grade, whatever. They were really tired too. I see them at the end of the day. And so the last 15 minutes, I pulled up a slideshow that I had prepared for a sub earlier in the week when I took my kids to the, to the symphony. So I had a slideshow ready to go for the class that she had had. And I was seeing a different class and it was a nutcracker themed lesson where there was like a video, like the nutcracker in 10 minutes. And then dance of a sugar plum fairy play along and then a, a movement activity that I found on YouTube just all very sub friendly things and I was like cool I'm gonna use this slideshow for myself now and we didn't get to all the activities because it was just the last 10-15 minutes but we watched the video and we did the play along and that was lovely right so you know just having those ideas that in a moment's notice if you just need to shift you know you've got those things for me for primary kids this couple next couple weeks it's going to be that nutcracker slideshow and for secondary kids musication play along videos are a go-to for i know many of us there are so many holiday christmasy nutcracker ones um, that are easy to grab for either percussion play alongs or boom whacker play alongs or sometimes both combination and then also i have alien miracles christmas carol bingo set that just sits on my desk this time of year you know it is ready to go at a moment's notice i actually used it this last week my choir rehearsal the last 10 minutes we had gotten through all the music that i intended to get through with them and i was like you know what let's just play a round of christmas carol bingo and we did and they had the best time and i even had a parent tell me the next day my daughter was so happy after playing that bingo game yesterday so you know the kids are tired too they need breaks and relaxing activities so don't uh, be afraid to grab those things as you need them and take care of yourself. Yes, exactly. So now it's time for our coda where we suggest something either for in or out of the classroom. Tanya, what are you enjoying these days? Okay, well, Spotify does not give us money. I mean, nobody really gives us money. Um, <laughs> What I'm saying is Spotify, if you're a premium member, then by now you probably are aware that they just started doing audiobooks. Like so many audiobooks, Carrie, that Am are I there. A premium member? Okay, I'm gonna look this up right now. Audiobooks. So here I've listened to like three books since this started. Um because I I'm also a member of Audible, which I mean I really love audiobooks because Hey, someone's got to fold the laundry and, and make dinner and all the things. And, yeah. and I want to keep reading. And so audiobooks are the way to go um, a lot of the time. But uh, yeah, so there's so many books available on. Um, in fact, I was trying to stump it. I was trying to look for titles on my um, TBR list of things that weren't available. And I, 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 I ran into a couple that it looked like you had to buy, but I don't know how you do that. But it, anyway, okay. like, almost every book that I looked up is available through Audible. So, I mean, excuse me, through Spotify. Through Spotify. Through Spotify for free if you are a premium member. Right. So okay. are you looking at it? Why yeah. did I not know this, Tanya? Thank, Thank you. you. I'm it, so it excited. It only happened in the last, I want to say the last month is, is when it happened um, because I discovered it over Thanksgiving break. And since then I have been just consuming the um the audiobooks yeah. on Spotify. And I'll mention one in particular that was a, a light, fun read. Um, 
It's called Charm City Rocks, a love story. It's it's a little silly, um, but it revolves around the world of rock and roll. And I'm a sucker for any of that. And it just is about this um, single dad who by chance um, meets the bass, or the, excuse me, the drummer of one of his favorite rock bands when, you know, back in the day. And of course they're the same age and, and they, and get to know each other. And, and it's all about the ins and outs of that and start dating. And there's a lot of references to, you know, rock and roll from like, you know, the past 30 years that are kind of fun. It was very light, but very enjoyable. And, uh, Charm City Rocks, a love story. But all that to say, Spotify has a lot of audiobooks. I've been sitting here on my phone because I'm like adding like a bunch of books right now to my I know to my playlist. So I'm I'm thrilled because um yes. I usually eat through my Audible credits and I might even cancel my Audible subscription. Well, see, that's the thing. Uh, that was one of the subscriptions I decided to let go because, you know, so many subscriptions, right? And I was like, yeah. dang it, I don't need to pay for this. I can read books from the library, whatever. Um, but this is really lovely. So yay. Yay. <laughs> yay, Spotify. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, well, mine is, is just kind of silly and it's just like some beautiful music and it's it's not new. In fact, it's quite old. But um my kids, it's funny you were talking about your your child's choir experience because my kids are still in the children's crowd and singing very traditional music and one of the pieces they're singing at their concert um they're singing a couple movements from the ceremony of carols by Britain, and oh. it's just one of my favorites and so you know i was telling my daughter oh gosh i wish you guys would do the whole thing but i know that you know they need to balance it with other things um but i just started playing ceremony of carols today while oh. i was cleaning the kitchen and it just put me in the holiday spirit i just absolutely love the ceremony of carols i just think it's like that beautiful mystical magical sound you know beautiful children's voices i, and... I just i love the harp inclusion and in, yeah it's just gorgeous yeah so yeah. i know when i go to my children's concert tomorrow i will totally cry because they're walking into the processional my daughter oh. tells me she she warned me which is probably good because i don't know that i could have taken it without knowing but they're walking in singing the processional walking into the concert hall holding candles and i'm probably gonna Aww. lose my mind uh, <laughs> but anyways if you're not familiar with britain's ceremony of carols definitely give it a listen and even yeah, if you know yeah. it listen to it again because it'll get you in the holiday spirit for sure We've reached the double bar line. Thank you for listening to Music Teacher Coffee Talk. Show notes can be found at musicteachercoffeetalkpodcast.com. You can connect with us on Facebook or Instagram. Just look for Music Teacher Coffee Talk. If you enjoyed this show, please consider subscribing, rating, and leaving us a review on iTunes or other podcast players to help others find this podcast. And we always appreciate folks buying us a coffee, so look for that link on our show notes and on our Facebook page. Until next time, this is Carrie. And this is Tanya wishing you happy musicking. Happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary.